Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. Today on the show, we have two of my favorite people in the studio with us, Mike and Molly Grayson, also known as Grayson Reed. They are the newest signing to the label Centricity Music, have their first single out on radio. It's called Fight For You. And they have a powerful story about how they came together from two separate artists' careers and are now joined touring and making music together as a family. Mike Grayson was formerly the frontman of the band Mike's Chair for 13 years, having 12 Dove nominations, multiple radio hits, and huge success as an artist. So he brings to this interview some priceless insights from being on the road for all those years. And Molly had a short stint as the singer for the band City Harbor, signed to Capital. So she also brings with her wisdom and insights and knowledge from her time doing that as well. So this is a great interview if you are an artist, if you work with artists, and are just really wanting to know about what it takes to get on the map as an artist. But before we dive in, just a quick message to you about the Music Production Mastery Course. Hi, I'm looking for the next big music producers I can add to our Grammy-winning team. And I've created a course to help you 10x your music productions instantly. Music Production Mastery. I show you how we do things like programming, drum, bass, and guitar production, getting pro vocals, editing, post-production, mixing, Logic Pro, and Pro Tools. Who can I help? One, music makers who are driven and passionate. Two, beginners and experts. You don't need tons of experience, but you at least have to be teachable. Three, you must be making great music or at least aspiring to. That's all. So why would I be giving away my secrets? Well, first, I love to teach. Secondly, I am actively looking for talent. Take a moment to enroll in the course and you'll be on your way to better sounding music productions right away. For more info on that course, text PRODUCE, that's P-R-O-D-U-C-E, to 44222. Text PRODUCE, P-R-O-D-U-C-E, to 44222, and we'll send you information on it. And now, into the studio with Mike and Molly of Grace and Reed. Here on the Full Circle Music Show, we got Grayson Reed in the studio. Yes. Yes. Woo! Otherwise known as Mike and Molly. Yes. Which is also a TV show. But, yeah. but that's it not is. us. I actually never thought about that. <laughs> I know. Was that, is that Grayson why you're Reed. not? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I went with the last names. Well, the first time I saw you guys' name pop up on our schedule, I was like, Mike and Molly's coming by. Like, is that the them or... Yeah. <laughs> which Melissa is awesome McCarthy. that that was even an option <laughs> I know, for you I know. Melissa McCarthy coming in to yeah. write a song hey awesome. well I would take that Yeah, that'd be a fun song I, I imagine <laughs> <laughs> so Grayson Reed we'll start with Mike just for our listeners out there what was kind of your background I mean I obviously know from having worked with both of you in the music side for a long time right. but a lot of people Grayson Reed's a new name for absolutely Christian music for sure. It's new so, for us, yeah. really. Well, it all started with a boy choir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really did actually start with a boy choir. No, but I've spent the last, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but go last, all the way back. All yeah. the way back. Throw it back. <laughs> Grew up in Orlando, Florida. Music was always like 
it's funny because I didn't actually start playing anything till fifth grade. But prior to that, for some reason, like saxophone, I just really wanted to play the saxophone. Which is so funny. Which is so, so random. I don't yeah. know why I thought that was so cool at the time. But we're gonna I mean, write, it is cool. We're going to ride on the sax today. Yes. Yeah. Never ended up playing saxophone. My middle school band class offered guitar as like one of the instruments. So I actually learned how to read music and play guitar starting in fifth grade. But for me, I just immediately started writing songs. So it's like you find out that the E chord moves up and it like sounds good in other spots. And so started writing these songs. And my middle school Bible study leader was the mom of Dan Hazeltine, who's the lead singer of Jars of Clay. And I had written these songs, literally, I mean, it's like fifth, sixth grade songs, wrote, recorded them with this guy at church, had a cassette tape, and I gave her a copy just because I wanted her to hear it, you know? Well, for some reason, she played it for Dan at some point. And this was right after, like, Flood. It was like they were in, like, kind of the peak of what they were in between the first record and Much Afraid, which is the second record. But Dan ended up bringing me up to Nashville. It was the summer between my seventh and eighth grade year. And so I was, what, 12? Yeah. Like 12, 13 at the time. And so Dan brings you to Nashville when you're 12? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. At the time, like Hanson was really big. So that might have played into like, I don't know if, I still honestly don't know. But like I came up here, we tracked three songs together, like, these some of the guys in jars like were the band like charlie played some keys and their bass player and drummer at the time were the rhythm section what was that like for you being a 12 year old at the time oh dude like my head was exploding <laughs> you know what i mean it was like not only were they like my favorite band at the time just because like i kind of had that connection with you know dan's mom and we went into all their concerts and So not only just being starstruck, like here I am, like staying at Dan's house, you know, I mean, he was only, I mean, he was still pretty young, like 24 at the time, maybe. But we spent a week up here, tracked three songs. I left Nashville after that trip, like literally feeling like I was leaving home. It was really weird. I still like kind of remember that. But went back to Orlando you know, Dan had talked about bringing me up a couple more times and it never really happened. And at that age, you know, I was like literally waiting by the phone, you know, thinking when's Dan going to call or whoever, you know, and, you know, he's super busy. It's like things, whatever, who knows what happened, but kind of went through high school at that point, just kind of being like, you know what? I don't really know if I want to do like the industry thing. Like, I think I just want to lead worship because I was, you know, leading worship that whole time at my church and got to my senior year and actually did come back up to Nashville and and just, you know, track some songs on my own with some connections I had, but really just for fun. You know, it was like, hey, I've got all these songs I'm writing, but nothing really came of it, you know, but I knew that whole time I was like Belmont, like Belmont's where I want to go to school. It was like the only place I applied Ended up getting in, came up here, but again, had no intention of like, I'm going to come here and be an artist. I was like, I'm just going to come here. I love music. So I know I want to be at a music school surrounded by people who love music, but I think I just want to lead worship, you know? Mm. But then literally within the first two weeks of my freshman year, the band Mike's Chair started 
again, just kind of like a buddy of mine. We were writing a song in a dorm room and then decided to record it. And all these people literally walked by the dorm room. Hey, you need guitar? We're like, yeah, we need it, you know? And it kind of formed this band that then lasted the next 13 years of my life. So I ended up being an artist, but literally had no intention in coming to Nashville and doing that. And that was six years after your first Nashville experience with Dan. Yeah. You've been doing it for a hot minute. A long long time. (laughs) And, you know, it's like looking back on that season, I think the thing that I'm most grateful for is that, you know, I think we all want to look to people in a way like, oh, man, that's my break or that's my shot or this is my only way to make my dream happen. You know, and I think going through that, getting to Nashville, I was just in a very different mind frame of like, man, no, like there's not like one person who's going to make this happen. You know, it's like, yes, you you focus on your craft and you try to be whatever. But if you look to people all the time, like you're probably going to end up disappointed. Mm. It was like, I just kind of learned that thing of like, stay faithful in the small things. It's amazing how the things that you think don't matter end up mattering. Yeah. Is that a word, mattering? I think it's a word. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you're going to use it, it in your songwriting yes. session. Into that. <laughs> That's phenomenal. So Mike's chair for 13 years. Yeah. And that was touring, the full radio singles, the full deal. For sure. Yeah. We, I mean, like I said, we started that the first two weeks. They do these showcases every year at Belmont. And we made it in as freshmen, which at the time, I guess, was like a pretty big deal just because most freshmen don't have enough time to get together, form a band, get recordings, and be a part of the showcase. Does that mean you weren't studying? (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yes. Let's just say I graduated, but a wise choice. Not, yes. Not with honors. But you know, I mean, we worked really hard throughout all like every spring break, every summer, we were out touring. It's like we played this initial showcase and then friends started being like, Man, come back. You want to play at our church? And we would just go and, you know, we bought a, a really horrible van and just kind of did that thing through all of college, really. We ended up signing our record deal with Curb Records the fall of our senior year. So that was hard because we had to make that choice of like, okay, well, do we stay in school now and finish or do we drop out and kind of go for it? And we figured our parents would kill us at that point if we we didn't. So we decided to stay and finish it out. Wow. So you have a lot of experience from doing probably i would imagine close to a thousand shows by now if yeah. not more than that yeah bringing that experience into grace and reed where you're at now are there any things that you would do differently this time around or that you are doing differently this time around we're doing a lot more flying than driving yes <laughs> yay thank you Jude. we got a companion pass on southwest there you so go. it makes it awesome nice. i don't I, I don't even know what that is what, oh my it's, it's amazing buy one get one yeah so if you earn enough points with them or you fly enough flights they give you what's called a companion pass and now anywhere mike flies i fly free like wow. anywhere so it's basically like so you just have to hit it like x amount of miles and then yep. you get a free companion pass yeah. anywhere yeah that's a pretty good deal. I know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. awesome. So you're flying instead of driving. Flying yeah. instead of That's driving, one. yeah. Honestly, there's not a whole lot that I would change. Like, I don't regret much because that season was a really awesome season. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I regret <laughs> had to do with the record deal, 
honestly. There was nothing in my deal initially that forced records to come out. So there were no timelines, which means, you know, we ended up doing the math on my deal and it was like a 28 plus year record deal. Wow. Which is your entire career. Right. Essentially. Yeah. If you're lucky, that's yeah. your entire career. Yeah. And so that played a part in making an effort to make a change so that Molly and I could be where we are now. But that was one thing that I did fix the second time around for us was like there were certain things in the deal that just from being around and and being in the industry now long enough, like things that you don't think about, meaning I didn't even think about how much I'd have to buy my own record for from the label. Right. At the front end, you don't think about that until you like you start playing a show and you're like, wait a second. I have to buy these. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think about that the first time. Yeah. I mean, just the timelines. I mean, things that you think, oh, I've got a lawyer. I'm good. That you find out, oh, wait, I'm not, you know, how did you miss that? You know? So that was probably the only thing kind of going into Molly and I's new season that I paid a lot more attention to this yeah. time around. And thinking, like, you're right out of college. It's like, at that eager point, you were probably like, I don't care. Just sign. It's a record deal. Let's sign do anything. it. And yeah. I hear so many times, like, well, whatever. This is worst case scenario. Like, this, you know, but you have to be diligent in combing through and saying, yeah, but worst case scenario could happen. Right. You know, and you want, that's yeah. what we've learned. Not you know, not to be like, you're trying to mess with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, not walls up, but just, yeah, you've got to kind of look out for your, because it's your life. It's yeah. your career. Yeah. yeah. And if you're miserable yeah. in it because someone says you can only write songs about puppies now. Right. <laughs> you know, not that that's bad, but I think I'd get bored of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. was that in your deal that you can only write songs about puppies? <laughs> <laughs> We made it about turtles. Okay. But. <laughs> There's a lot more writing material. Yeah. About yeah. There's a lot tur- more there. <laughs> yeah. So, Molly, yes. I would love to hear your story. Yes. What's the all story the way back of the me? No. Yeah. Okay. I was born on a cold Tuesday, February afternoon. Wow. No, um, but really I was. I grew up in East Aurora, New York, which is like 20, 30 minutes south of Buffalo, New York. And so we had crazy winters. (laughs) Um, But I mean, gosh, music for me started in church. Like I remember singing the church solos and singing during Christmas and Christmas pageants and stuff like that. And my dad had a great record, like vinyl collection and cassette tape collection. And I remember like always having music on in the house growing up. And one of the artists that I remember first captivated my attention was Amy Grant. Mm. And I mean, I just fell in love with her and my parents were big fans. And I knew I wanted to kind of get into music. And I think my parents, you know, kind of saw that in me too. And so they're Mm. like, for a minute, I was like fighting. I wanted to take figure skating lessons and be an Olympic figure skater. (laughs) And mom and dad were like, why don't you take piano lessons instead? I'm like, what? piano like no but I did and I hated practicing but I liked being able to play and write songs so I started kind of tinkering around honestly it seems young but third fourth grade I remember writing little melodies and and playing chords and singing not thinking oh look at I'm writing songs not thinking anything of it it was just I like to make up songs 
And I went to my very first concert, which was actually a Christmas concert. And it was Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. And gosh, I think I had to be in fifth, sixth grade. And I remember they were giving away a black Gibson guitar. And I was like, I want to win. And we're in an arena full of people. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to win this guitar. And I didn't. (laughs) So sad. No. But seeing her and seeing, walking into a concert, I was like, what is this world? Like, I just heard her on the stereo or in the car. And wow. And Amy Grant plays guitar. And it was just, it just like lit a fire even more. So... That Christmas, Santa brought me a guitar and I started taking lessons. And that was the real instrument for me that I was like, oh, gosh, this I get it. And I know how to play chords and it's easier. And and so I started writing like crazy and I played in talent shows and at our local coffee shop. And so when it came time to decide on college, I kind of looked around. And for a minute, I was like, well, it's college. You got to go and have a real career. So I was looking into broadcast journalism or music. Mm. And I applied to a couple of schools and I found Belmont because my family always went, New Yorkers went to Florida on vacation. So we drove down. Nashville was the halfway point, And I remember stopping and driving up and down Music Row and feeling like you said, Mike, just feeling like this city, like, what is it? There's music. It feels magic here. Like, mm. how cool. So when, you know, came time to look at schools. I was like, okay, what's a school in Nashville? And we found Belmont. And I first applied to be a music major and you have to audition and sing like Italian opera and then (laughs) sing like all, really it's an extensive thing. And I got rejected to be a music school student and that like crushed me and I'm like oh my gosh but look at me now Belmont yeah exactly I record deal. <laughs> no so I reapplied as a music business major and got in and the rest is history for me I was like counting down the days till high school graduation to move there and it just I knew that was going to be home for me but songwriting so I knew Going into it, I was like, I love writing songs, but I I always thought until I moved to Nashville, I literally thought to be a songwriter, you had to be an arranger and like score music and write treble clef, bass clef, write out notes. I'm like, I didn't realize I literally could sing into a cassette player or now or iPhone and turn in and it's like, yeah, I wrote a song. Like, that's it. It doesn't have to be this, you know, composition per se. So once I moved here and realized that, I was like, what? Like, people make a living doing this? Like, hold on. It's not, Tim McGraw doesn't write every song he sings. Like, (laughs) I could be one of the writers for that. It kind of blew my mind, the next level. And so I was like Mike in showcases. I was in the songwriter showcases and a part of producing them. And I met my now publisher a few times throughout college because he was a judge and there's always some connection. I kept running into him. And finally, my dear, dear friend, Janine Appleton, who's my publisher now too, senior year of college, she was like, Rusty, you got to hear my friend Molly's stuff. And we had had opportunities to record things at Belmont. And so I played him for him and he asked for a meeting and I went in and played songs. And he was like, 
I really want to like continue this relationship. Like, let's, can I set you up on co-writes? Can I, and I was like, yes, like foot in the door. Cause at that time I had interned at Universal Music Publishing, Big Loud Shirt. And like, I was trying to immerse myself the best I could in the songwriting community. Mm. So when Rusty was like, I'll set you up on co-writes, like, yeah, let's do it. And my first co-write ever was Liz Rose. Wow. And Liz, for anyone who doesn't know, wrote, I mean, multiple, multiple Taylor Swift hits. Like she wrote, You Belong With Me. And I mean... I can't even think of other ones besides that, but I know she's lots and lots of country hits. And so I remember getting in the room and I was so nervous, but she was incredible and just made me feel at ease. And I'm sure I barely contributed that day, but (laughs) it was still like a really cool moment. And so I took that opportunity. I'm like, I'm going to show up. And Rusty's like, come right here anytime you want. And so I didn't have class Tuesday, Thursday. And so I went down and I wrote every Tuesday, Thursday and showed up and showed my face. And he offered me a deal February of my senior year and we negotiated it. And by the time it got done, it was a week before I graduated college, I signed my first publishing deal and I've been with them ever since. So that was in 2007. It's a joint venture. Sure. So that's why I'm joint ventured with Word currently too. Yeah. Yeah. And have just been writing and thought, you know, Writing is my dream. You know, this artist thing was and is a dream too, but writing is what makes my heart beat faster, you know? And now the special icing on the cake is that I get to sing the songs that I've written and pour out my heart on a different level. But there is also something that even when Grayson Reed is over in 30 years. um, (laughs) No, I... I love getting to sit with artists and producers and create and dream up songs and try and get meet them where they're at and help craft a song that is something they want to say. So it's been really cool to get to wear both hats. But I ventured down the road of the artist thing and met a good friend of mine, Carrie Hardwick, who at mm-hmm. the time was an A&R at Capitol. And this was probably, what, six years in so I'd been writing professionally for about six years and she was like Molly do you have you ever thought about doing the artist thing and I had obviously I was like yes but I just kind of always wanted it to be a very natural organic thing like I didn't I didn't want to have to sell myself to anyone I kind of wanted it I just wanted God to orchestrate it truthfully I'm like you you make this happen Lord if you want this door to open And he did. And I was in a duo called City Harbor and we released a record and it was a crazy journey because we started with one guy and then he decided to leave. So we had another guy and it was a, yeah, a crazy season, but it lasted about four years and there are so many sweet moments in it. And so I basically feel like City Harbor was, this is how you become a recording artist and this is what it takes 101 like Mm. crazy lessons learned we went zero to 60 radio tours and my first tour opening for Francesca Battistelli and we were on a bus which I know is very rare so I got (laughs) used to make me so mad I know (laughs) so you're you're vanning it vanning it and I'm like bye how am I like headlining shows and I'm still in a van right (laughs) So it was such a gift to be able to experience that. And then Mike and I started dating and we uh, and we have crazy 
story of how we met and everything too. But we started dating and we got married and about a year into our marriage, a year and a year half, and a half yeah. we got pregnant. And at that point is when, you know, I think City Harbor was kind of taking a little breather. What's happening? Sure. We haven't had much success. Where does the label want to go with it? And mm -hmm. they kind of decided let's part ways but I was like, I'm not done. This isn't over for me being an artist. Yeah. And But Mike and I had talked, you know, all of our dating and married life. Wouldn't it be amazing? Isn't it a dream to think of one day doing this together and traveling together as a family? And But we had both been in deals, so it wasn't an option. So when down to the day that Mike, the backstory for him with Curb, like, just had felt called away from being there and worked hard to get out of that deal. And the day he signed his papers to get away from Mike's chair and kind of move on from that is the day I sat down with my management team. They're like, yeah, capital's dropping you. They're not picking up your option. So we called each other and we're like, I'm free. And I was like, well, I'm free too. And I'm eight months pregnant. And we're like, well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so anyway, that's the basic outline of who I am. Yeah. Crazy. So City Harbor yes. was almost like a second college education, it sounded like. Very much. Really. We we did, I mean, and Capital is a big machine for all other purposes. I don't mean that in a bad way, but they, you know, we had professional photo shoots and learned marketing and went on radio tour and played at this radio event called Momentum and played at Night of Joy in Disney and did tours. And I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was like, hey, let's really try it. It's like when you partner with a label of that caliber, you're doing it, you're right. going. So it was such a huge learning experience for yeah. me down to touring and merch and what's that like and setting up and tearing down and keeping tally and working mm -hmm. on your live show and it's yeah. so much more we're coming from the songwriting world it's so much more than just showing up every day and making up a song right it's like <laughs> it's more i would say as an artist in the beginning it's more like you feel like a t-shirt company mm -hmm. not like a musician like you're living and dying by selling your merch. Sure. That's your breadwinner. And then hoping something works at radio to where you can kind of and connects with people and you can be launched to the next level, which is, hey, you're coming to our show and singing along with our songs and you, you've you heard us and you get it. You know, it's not just that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've never heard it said that, that when you're starting as an artist, you're almost like a t-shirt company. You are. <laughs> so true. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the things that you kind of took away from City Harbor season that you're bringing yeah. into Grace and Reed now? Yeah. Well, actually, on the way over here, I was like, I was telling Mike, I'm like, honestly, thinking about City Harbor, I learned so much. But the biggest thing in this new season that I'm really trying to hold tight to is to not obsess over the little details of radio and did our song get played and is it on the charts and how many records are we selling like I think I held so tightly to that in City Harbor thinking that was forgetting that that's not what matters and for this season with Grayson Reed like I'm just really trying to 
focus on what matters and that, hey, we got a letter from this listener, this fan who our song touched them and is Mm. healing their marriage and focusing on that and focusing on the kingdom work that we're doing and not the industry work. I think it's super easy, at least for me and for you, I would say, um, Mike, that is, I don't know about you, Seth. (laughs) It's It's easy to get wrapped up in the industry side and the, are you going to get a break and who's the next thing? And, and forget about the heart of it and the simplicity of making music that you love and sharing who you are. And honestly, when I was kind of wrapped up in the numbers game, it's just depressing. It's not, it doesn't, it's not fulfilling and it's not fun being an artist and even a songwriter at that point. It's not fun anymore. I think all a chart is, is who you're behind and who you're ahead of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. If you're constantly living in that world of comparison, then exactly. And you understand why from a label perspective, it's business. These are people investing real dollars, real money. They want to see a return on it. Mm -hmm. But it is really easy as an artist to get stuck in that. Yeah. And, as a producer, as a songwriter, because yeah. you're thinking about your bottom line and yep. like, how are we going to feed, you know, feed our kids? Yeah. And, yeah. Put them through college and yep. all that stuff. So it is. That's the thing. You have to be smart and it is, you're your own business. In the mm. music industry, you know, you as a producer writer, you're a business. Us as Grace and Reed, we're a business. So it's, mm-hmm. it's this weird balance between, okay, we have to, we want to take this serious. We want to, keep a roof over our head and food in our bellies and put our kids through college. But it's the line of just, you cannot get wrapped up and obsess Mm -hmm. over it. Cause it's just, and for a creative person too, like I write my worst songs when I'm in seasons (laughs) of, Oh my gosh, what would I say? What should, what would radio play? What would, but when I'm sitting there just pouring out and having fun and laughing and, doing what we do, what God created us to do. It's like, oh, wow, this song is working and people love it. So, yeah. 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 Well, so talking about the business and you guys, because I think it's a very unique setup that you're married. You've got a kid now. Yeah. Two-year-old? Almost. She's a little year and a half. Okay. (laughs) Grayley is her name. Great name. Yes. I wonder where you came up with that. I know. Hey. <laughs> we kind of made it up. Yeah, we did. So. I actually love that name. Thank when I heard you. that for the first time, I was like, that is a, like, that's like a beautiful name. Nice. It's one I had you. never heard of before. It's always hard to find like a unique it name is. that's not like weird. Yes. We loved Gray, yeah. but we're like, our last name's Grayson. Yeah. We can't name her Gray Grayson. Yeah. We could. There's we could. Tim I mean, Phillips. Phillips. Phillips that's all true. Those, but. We're like, what could we, we're like, what, maybe a middle name? And then yeah. we're like, anyways, we landed on Grayley, uh-huh. which is spelled kind of like Haley. And, or Bailey. Or Bailey. Or Bailey, yeah. And it or works. Daily. We're like, that sounds yeah. like a real name. Yeah. yeah. Let's go and with now it. now it's good. Now it's a family name. So she can say, it's a family name. It is, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But talk about what is that like? And I know yeah. this is probably early in this season, but uh-huh. what is that like to be working together, to be married, to be parenting a kid together, to be touring together, yeah. to be 
setting up your merch together. <laughs> yes. Do you guys have like, how does that work? I'm yeah. Just, I'm just fascinated by that. Well, it's funny because, you know, going into it, because Molly and I, just because we had heard horror stories, like we have other friends who are in the industry who both husband and wife are writers or whatever. And they're like, we can't write together. So really prior to the idea of Grace and Reed, yeah. we didn't write together we wrote like dabbled a couple times really we wrote years before then and it was because i had a crush on him so i was like (laughs) hey want to co-write so So that's like the the ultimate pickup line yeah Yeah. exactly watch out all you single writers out there but so we honestly were like we don't even know if this will work you know but then entering that season where before we talked to labels before like we thought okay this is something we're like Let's just write songs mm-hmm. and see what happens, you know? And and we have a blast doing, I mean, Mo- yeah. A, Molly's an amazing writer. And then B, for me, it's like, it's just so nice having somebody else there that you're like, they know exactly what, we're kind of both heading towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. We kind of have the same goals and it kind of feels like a band again, which is something that, you know, sure. 13 years of my life, like I love having that part of it. So... Yes, there are moments where Molly will look at me and go, no, that's this dumb line. You know, and it's like, <laughs> I, feel like I, I would never walk in a room with, with you, Seth, and go, Seth, that's just horrible. You well, know, you like sugarcoat it with other people, but, you know, we're maybe yeah. a little I think we've honest. written enough songs together now that you where could you probably could, tell me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Like, oh, yeah. that's not your best. My whole motto is dare to suck. So yes. Yes. I love it. But even being married and getting to be on the road together, like, what? It's amazing. We we get to, it used to be FaceTime. Okay, I know he's playing right now, but I'm really tired and I'm already done with my set. So, okay, but I'll stay up till midnight till he can FaceTime me and we can say goodnight. And it's just, it's just so much better kissing each other goodnight and going to bed, you know, right. like, and yeah. it's a dream. I will say we didn't know how it was going to work being parents. Like we have a one and a half year old little girl and who is so incredible and just easygoing and has been a champ through all this, but we didn't know. And we still don't, you know, we're, we're early on in the process, but we're like, how is Grayley going to be? Am I going to be crying every day that I'm not with her? <laughs> turns out I'm not. Yeah, no. Turns out you actually sleep. Turns out I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I can eat my whole dinner by myself yeah. and not like, no, don't touch it. No, don't eat that. You know, no, it's, I think we know that we're called to this because so far God's given us the grace to be able to handle the times that she can't come with us and Mm. being away from her. And our ultimate dream is to be able to sustain us going out and bringing her with us. And right now we bring her when it makes sense and we leave her home when it doesn't. And we're so blessed to have Mike's entire family here as parents and siblings and their kids. And so she is well loved and well taken care of when we are gone. And Mm -hmm. and the beautiful thing about Christian touring and everything, it's not like, okay, peace out. We'll see you in three months. It's, hey, we leave Wednesday at midnight and we get home Monday at five in the morning. So that's a typical tour life. So it's really we see her every week for multiple days and mm. and people understand the family dynamic. Like I've had a lot of artist friends be like, well, whenever you guys come out with us, you're going to bring her because she's important. And mm. 
And she is. She's everything to us. So yeah. I mean, it's why this is happening. Yeah. You know, it's like when we found out she was pregnant, we had that moment of how can you go this way and I go this way and we have any kind of family, right. you know? So it really was, you know, our first single is a song called Fight For You. And that literally started years ago, you know, like when we found out Molly was pregnant and it was just like, okay, we feel like we're supposed to take some scary steps to try to like keep our family intact. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea that that would mean, hey, Molly and I would end up doing music together at the time. It was just, we know we can't do what we're currently doing. So yeah. the fact that it now going through a couple years of like, God, what are you doing? Yeah. To like know that it's Molly and I on the road together. It's, I, I think there's, the thing that I will say about our previous experiences is that getting around to, you just, you take way less for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you it's just, really good. you're able to sit back and go, man, I just, I feel not entitled. Like we don't feel like, oh, we should have another record deal. It's like, holy cow, like we wow, get yeah. to have another chance at this. And who knows if it'll work or it doesn't. We're kind of in that space now, like Molly said. It's like this time, instead of it being about the charts and whatever, it's like, let's let this be about making awesome music, enjoying the process, and hopefully looking back no matter how this ends and going, that was awesome. Yeah, You know, because I feel like so many of us, it's like we miss out on so much because it's always the next, always the bigger, always the whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of our nature. And to some degree, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. Like there is a drive that we should all have. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're complacent. We didn't get where we are now just by hanging out, you right. know? It's like right. we've fostered a lot of great relationships and have been really intentional. But when it comes down to it, realizing that clutched fists trying to force everything mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's going to make it easier or better, sure. you know, than just saying, okay, I know I've, you know, invested in my talent. I know that I've invested in people and then you kind of see how it all plays out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Cause we do work in an industry where you don't celebrate your wins. You no. kind of just, yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, listeners would, you'd be so surprised how many times, and it's sad, you get a victory and it's like, oh, that's so awesome. It's almost like you get in this mindset of not expecting it, but that's awesome. But I didn't win a Grammy, so now that's my next thing. You right. know what I mean? It's There's always, like you said, and that is the human nature, there's yeah. always the next thing and next thing. So it's a constant tension of how do we celebrate every little victory from the smallest radio station yeah. playing your music or yeah. you receiving a letter, like you said, from a husband or wife who was inspired by your song. I mean, those are huge wins, as yeah. big as winning a Grammy. Oh, yeah. Hands and down. we're always, this is my, I'm talking about myself here too, yeah. that our industry struggles with celebrating wins and, yeah. and just being present in that. Yeah. I mean, the first time that I won a Grammy, I didn't even know I won it. I got a text from another guy and he was really? like, oh, congratulations. And I was wow. off working, doing some writing session or something. I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm back to work now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You got to celebrate that. Yeah. And there's a part of that that's like, I guess that's good in one way. But yeah, yeah the other part's not. I think yeah. we're meant to like 
like you said, enjoy the process. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it's not like, oh, look at me. It's more, I'll say that's what I love about being part of a team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, Molly and I could have gone out and done the independent thing and we kind of know enough to do that. But we just feel so strongly about kind of the community around us and kind of the team that we've put in place that it's just so much more fun when you know, man, all of these people were a part of this. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, for us, that's been a huge part of yeah. why we've chosen to kind of continue in like the label format, you know, mm-hmm. is that this is something that we don't necessarily want to do alone, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think celebrating with other people is just, yeah, it's it's unlike anything else. So Yeah, we touch a lot about that on this show that as an artist, you can really go one of two ways. You can go the label route, you can go the independent route. And I love that, that nobody's really ever said that it's just more fun working with a team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to have somebody else, you know, get excited about a song or to get excited with you that X show was awesome or whatever, you know, and and that can happen in independent world too. You Mm -hmm. can kind of piece your, your team together. I just think for Molly and I, especially in this season, there's things that we know that we want to do. And as even as a signed artist, I've always said this, you still have to kind of act like an independent artist. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to care yeah. about your career as much as you do. So, true. so there is an element of, you know, you have to own your world, you know. But the goal is to bring people into your world that you trust, that you know can accomplish what you need them to, to where we're not drowning in some of that stuff that we feel like we're not very good at. So for us, that's why it was like, especially in the Christian space for us, it feels like it made more sense to kind of go down that route. Sure. So as we're kind of wrapping up, is there any piece of advice that you would give to our listeners who are maybe aspiring songwriters or Mm -hmm. artists who are really just trying to figure out how to break into the music industry. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we've given a lot of good things already. Yeah. And we've kind of said this and even down to, you know, celebrating the little things, but it's like, I've always felt, you know, people think, Oh, I see whoever on, you know, Molly, I see Amy Grant on stage. That's what I want. That's not wrong. But it's wrong to think you're going to go from sitting in the seat to a week later, you know, being Amy Grant on the stage. It's like there is a process. Mm -hmm. And it's like, A, enjoy every step of that process. It's like I've always felt like be faithful in the little things. I had no idea that these random shows or showcases or whatever that we did in college, that the A&R guy for Curb or Word or whoever was sitting out in the audience – that, you know, saw us three different times throughout that course. Again, never met them, never even know they were there, but then ended up resulting in, you know, us getting offered our first record deal. So it's like, again, don't, it's not so much about people. It is foster great relationships, but it's like, make great music, mm-hmm. work your butt off. Yeah. And it's like, those people find you. You know what I mean? It's they not, do. I think we want to find the people then have them tell us, well, what do I do? Yeah, It's like, no, do you and do something you love and be excited and go out and get other people to get excited. And then those people will come to you and go, hey, yeah. we're excited, right. you know? So I, I think- 
add to that and say, be authentically you. Like mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing I've learned even through college and even through songwriting is I so easily got into the trap of like, well, I want to write songs. I want to be the next Hillary Lindsay, who's an incredible songwriter. Like I want to write. And then I'd try to be for a while. I was like, I want to be a country artist, but like, that's not me. That's not authentic to me. I authentically, I write songs about life and my faith. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll find that things click a lot easier and a lot faster and and better when you're just who you are and speaking from your voice and your heart. And that's what labels and other writers and producers are going to be drawn to, not you wanting to be the next or trying to be like artist XYZ. Yeah, that's good. It's been awesome having you guys here. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedules and lots of good wisdom in here. So Mike and Molly, Grace and Reed, how do we find out about you guys? We have all the socials in all the the world. So you can go to graceandreadmusic.com, Facebook backslash Grace and Read Music. It's mostly Grace and Read Music and you'll find us. Go to the dot com and you'll get all of the graceandreadmusic.com. Yes. This has been the Full Circle Music Show. I'm Seth Mosley. Thank you for listening. As always, if you haven't already, it helps us more than you know if you just take a quick two minutes, head over to iTunes, leave us a good five-star rating, leave us a good review. It really honestly helps us get the word out there. And once again, if you're interested in info on our music production mastery course, text PRODUCE, that's P-R-O-D-U-C-E, to 44222. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Kaylee Ingram, Jericho Scroggins, and Asa Wiggins. We'll see you next week.